Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to Goalie Science, a show where we talk about science and goalies and everything in between. Presented by Resilient Hockey, your premier hockey rehabilitation experts online. I'm Ben Sertic, and I'm here with Jamie Phillips. Hello, everybody. Uh, one thing is, if you want to reach out to us at Resilient, please email the website. That's where we are most available. Uh, but thank you to everyone who does email, and we try to get to those as soon as possible. But Ben, carrying on from last week's pod when we were talking about is the AHL good or bad for goalies. Mm-hmm. We've had a few more debuts in the NHL, as well as the bottom feeder teams are now playing their American League guys. Yep. And what what do we see? Uh, Alex Lyon good in Florida. That's been a fun surprise, a good little run for him. He's someone who's been on an NHL roster for six seasons, which like six seasons, 38 games, like, this guy's an absolute warrior for keeping grinding it out in the AHL. He's had good AHL numbers. Um, not, I was going to say more importantly, not more importantly, differently. Dustin Wolf played a game. Mm-hmm. Jamie, how did he do? He did pretty well. Uh, I know you didn't watch it, but I did. Uh, I thought he looked solid. The first goal he gave up, probably that, that when I see that, it's one of those ones where, like, when guys are just so flexible, they always default to their flexibility when they didn't, even he didn't need to. Uh, but I thought he looked, I thought he looked solid. And the thing is, is like like we talked about last week, is when guys are good in the American League, or really good in the East Coast League, they are NHL caliber goalies. It just all depends on the situation in front of them. And you know, if Calgary had made the playoffs or was still in a position to fight for the playoffs with like three or four games left or whatever, he would never would have got a game. Yep. And so that's what we have to realize. It's just, it's just like, like I said last pod and I tell a lot of the goalies that go to sign free agency sign with the worst possible team you can because that gives you the best opportunity to play you know like Alex Lyon right now if Sergey if Florida Florida's in the playoffs but if Sergey Bobrovsky wasn't like so-so and if Spencer Knight wasn't going through some mental health stuff he wouldn't be playing and so does that mean Alex Lyon has somehow got better over the last X amount of games. No, if you look at his NHL numbers, he's been pretty consistent. Super in the 
in the NHL, which means he's always been an NHL caliber goalie. So I think, you know, Ben and I are putting together a hypothesis that we won't discuss here. We'll save that for another full episode. But it, it's really interesting to see and talk about goalie development in the later years, meaning those years from like 18, 16, 18 onward versus development from 12 to 16 to 18. But we'll we'll save that for another pod. Bad, Jamie, there's, there's, yeah, I'm cutting you off. There's no time to talk about AHL yeah. development. There's no time to talk about that. Because Are you we talking have, about the here and now? What is going on now? We have a large pressing issue, a new goaltending maneuver that's sweeping the nation. It's not the panda. Thank it's God. the recoil. So, yeah, just... Okay, so let's... A few things here. There's been the... There's one in the athletic, one in NHL, or is it just NHL? I read the NHL.com one. I'm sure there's... Me like, too. I'm sure there's one in somewhere else, too. I mean, Me too. a podcast that also covers it, but I think it's... Right, the NHL articles... Yeah, well, the NHL article is written by Kevin Woodley, and he's also... Oh. In Eagle Mag. Yeah. So... I, I've actually answered this question probably seven times in Instagram where people have sent it to me and there it's, it's always like, what's your thought on the recoil technique? So to begin, if you've never heard of the recoil technique, essentially what it means is to have a little bit of backwards momentum in, as they define it in the article, basically at all times, I think like, which was I th- like, I think it's on like shot loading. Like, I think what people are aiming to try and say is like, you be, you initiate a slight backwards momentum, which if anyone who's played goalie and can skate, like if you just lean forward on your toes a little bit properly, you can just kind of back up a little bit or drop your butt slightly in your stance. Yeah. You go back. Like, the ice so is slippery. Yeah. So essentially, yeah, essentially you, you're just, you have a little bit of backwards momentum. Now, the thing is, is the first thing is this is not, new can i tell a story quick yes when i was in u16 that would be 2009 2010 for those keeping track at home Oof. um my goalie coach not Derek bujan my team's goalie coach was like you gotta start getting a little momentum backwards on the shot and i was like okay you say so i then proceed to give up six goals in the next game that i tried it <laughs> uh and i'm not like a so i'm not Including an absolute dagger five hole on a on just like a, a brutal shot from like just inside the top of the circle. So uh, my personal one game experience was like I never went back to that again. I never saw that through. Um, but sorry, let's go into let's go into what you were going to say. I had to tell. Yeah, that. I was going to say it, it isn't anything new. So when we think about positioning, the three pillars, uh, we have angle, squareness, depth. Yep. Now we've talked about angle and squareness. Those are non negotiables. You have to have those in the right order in order to be the best position to make the save. Now, depth is one of the variables you can play around with. Some goalies will tend to be more aggressive. Some will tend to be a little more deep. Uh, there's pros and cons t- to both of those, and we've talked about that in previous episodes. Now, your depth is dictated by the play around you. And that's what I think that a lot of people that, um, I guess like a lot of younger goalies or those that don't understand positioning or try to like... I don't know, I'm going to say oversimplify it or maybe sometimes overcomplicate it, um, don't understand is that the goalie, you, the goalie, are not in charge of your depth. You don't dictate your depth. The play in front of you tells you how deep or how aggressive you need to be in order to cover most of the options. So, for example, if 
a player, if you have a shot, a stationary shot at the top of the circle, you're going to want to be somewhere around the top of the crease. And to be honest, you're going to want to be completely stationary because as you back in, you start to expose more net. However, if you now have that player skating forward at you, that changes the situation where the player now has the ability to change his angle. Having some backwards momentum can be beneficial. Now, if you have a player back door and you have a pass option, then yes, you have to be slightly deeper with some backwards momentum so you can get across that pass option, but you can't get too deep so that you're exposing too much net. And so that that's why it's, I, I don't mind, like I like new things. I think innovation's good. I'm always for it as long as, but progress for the pr sake of progress should be avoided in the fact that there's no point just doing things because it's like, well, nothing new has been around, so let's change it. It's like, is what we're doing working or can we improve it? That's the question. So, so recoil or whatever has not been, it's not, there's nothing new. Not new. At all. And so, and then my, my, I have so many points that I want to go on. I don't know if I'm going to let you speak today, Ben. But uh, the, se the second point is that Ben and I both watched around six to eight different Allmark games. And I also went back into when he was playing in Buffalo. So did I. <laughs> and there's also... There there's also literally no difference in his game whatsoever, other than the fact that he misses his post lock, like integration on his toe so much. I don't know if you noticed that. Like he misses his RVH, like when he goes from his feet to his RVH, he misses that a lot. And that's something I never realized. Um, so like I, I, for me, it's like, I don't see where the change is. And the third, I think probably the most important part is, is when you are on the best NHL hockey team currently of all time in regular season. time. In the regular season, as of what, two days ago or three days ago, that probably helps a lot in terms of the importance of how how many wins and how well you play and the chances you give up. And this isn't taking anything away from, from Allmark at all. What a season. What a great season. Huge season and a pivotal part of that team. And I really hope he does well in playoffs because he seems like a really nice guy. He seems and, awesome. Yeah, I'm a big Yeah, he seems like fan. a really nice guy. And... But let, but back to recoil itself. That is is nothing new. The thing is, is I think that some goalies have been taught that you always need to be set and stationary, mm -hmm. which isn't. Which is also one of those it depends answers. It's like a, it's like a, it's a good. It's a really if you teach goalies that it's a really good baseline. For yeah, most people. But yes, there's nuance involved. Obviously, you, the thing is, is if someone is going to shoot a puck. Is shooting a puck it's better for you to be completely set than it is for you to be moving forward or you to be moving back but as the play approaches and as the game changes you have to have backwards momentum to be able to adjust to that play and i you know it's funny i have i work with a there's a, a kid i work with a younger kid in person who read this his dad made him read this article and so when i shot on him for the first few weeks he's always backing in and i'm just like what do you do it and then after after he stopped being so scared of me, and he told me he's like I read this article and then I talked to it with his dad and and like he was going through it. It's like just because it says back up, it doesn't mean that you should always be retreating. And like he would start super aggressive and then would back up and get so wide, giving me all the net and wouldn't be able to, and I he wouldn't be able to move because he was so wide. And so there's so many like it's important that when you're learning about techniques and especially new styles, or even old styles is that you play within the system that works for you. But also like if something doesn't work for you, 
you don't have to do it either. Yeah, I have, I have two points. I think those are the only points I'm going to be able to say today. So I'm really jumping here to. to this is a Jamie Phil- This is the Jamie Phillips podcast today. Yeah, powered by Jamie Phillips's Patreon. Everybody, go subscribe. Um, the two points I want to say is that when I think for if for any goalie coaches out there listening or any uh, parents listening, if you watch a pretty early goalie, like a, a newer goalie within the first year of them playing goalie, a lot of people of these kids naturally retreat as you wind up for a shot i don't know if they think they need more time i don't know if they're scared of the puck but it's actually a behavior that as coaches we spend a lot of time teaching out of kids where it's like hey you actually need to have your feet set you're gonna have a really hard time making saves if you're constantly moving so that's the first thing i think that's really interesting um that kids naturally kind of do this and or a lot of kids naturally kind of do this and we don't actually really want that to happen it kind of takes away from some of the fundamentals that you want to instill in kids my second point is, and I want to actually do a little bit of like a video breakdown session in this way, because we both watched a bunch of Omerk stuff in preparation for this. Uh, shout out for the science podcast, actually doing some semblance of, of background information and research. Um, but Omerk does back up sometimes, like outside of rush chances. Let me make this very clear. He retreats on rush chances, as should every goalie in the yes. history of the game. Um, but he does, he does retreat on some in-zone chances, the big confounding variable is he's often just backing up because a backdoor threat is present. Like there's a couple of clips where he makes a save through traffic from the point and he's kind of retreating. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's okay. Is this what, is this what, you know, this is the recoil. Uh, and then I'm like, well, well, no, he probably just couldn't really see. And there's also a guy backdoor. So he's just adjusting his depth. I saw that too. And there was times where I was like, okay, I'm just kind of assuming you and I just both watched instat clips. Um, so we probably watched the nope. same game, but nope. there are definitely times where he, he would retreat or, or recoil or whatever you want to call it and, and make a save. And for me, I'd be like, I, I see the recoil. He made the save, but he still would have made that save if he was stationary because there was no, he also makes a, yeah, he also makes a lot of saves completely stationary. Like this is, yeah. And so this is very clear. Yeah. Hold on, no, I, I'm gonna, I want to make it really clear. I know you're you're, you're chopping at the bit today. I I love am, the I'm chopping at the bit. Uh, I I want to acknowledge that you know this is something he's talking about that he's trying to do, and obviously in a game you're not going to even this is like your your framework for how you're playing. You're not going to do it every time, mm-hmm. uh, but he doesn't do it a lot. Like he makes a lot of saves from a stationary set perspective. I want to make that super clear for goalies listening. Linus Allmark was having one of the best seasons we've seen in a long time and one of the best teams we've ever seen. Makes a lot, a lot, a lot of stationaries. Most of his saves are made stationary. And so should yours. <laughs> yeah. And now, I, Jamie, go ahead. I'm done talking. I I don't even know what I was going to say. I was going to get into, like, all right, so if you are going to, you're someone who's like, hey, you know what? I want, I want to try this. Okay. There's a few things to remember when we talk about backwards momentum. When we're talking about recoil backwards momentum, and I guess I can only speak for myself, in my definition, we are not C-cutting our feedback. Correct. The more we C-cut, the less control we have. You know, you'll see that a C-cut's okay to get momentum very quickly, but it often requires you becoming unsquare temporarily, and that means you can get beat on quick shots, and then it's hard to regain that square. So it's more about maintaining the your stance, and not, and then also then retreating backwards without your skates cutting. And then alongside that is 
one of the common things that you know I think whatever like eight eight years ago ish when Carey Price was big when Carey Price narrowed up his stance. So essentially, yeah, when and we've talked about and I've talked about this on Instagram before with the UC Soros and, and that's something you found where most goalies when they get too wide you get completely locked in because you a you don't have enough blade on the ice to move and then two your muscles are in such a basically your body's in such a bad position it can't move and so you'll see one way to get backwards momentum is to get very wide mm-hmm. and you'll see a lot of goalies especially on breakaways get too wide in a way to get that momentum and then they get locked and they can't push laterally. So when you work on backwards momentum, and then what? Maybe what I'll do is I'll, maybe I'll make a video um, and put it on Instagram um, to accompany this podcast, um, showing how that backwards momentum is controlled by your your hips, your chest, and and your butt, which kind of are all, are all connected regardless. So yeah, it's all just like body weight distribution. Yeah, and it's it's really important. So like having a little bit of recoil and backwards momentum, you should. Because you need to be able to adjust depending on the play in front of you, but you can't have backwards momentum while sacrificing positioning or your ability to move. Yeah, I think that's a good, I think it's a really nice summary. Uh, I know the term that I use and the people that I work with use to differentiate like backwards skating and this idea of gaining momentum is this idea of something called a we call it a, mo- a momentum hold because the implication is like you're going backwards but you're not widening your feet. You're maintaining that exact kind of like foot width stance with the entire time, which is a really important part like you just explained, right? You don't want to sacrifice your positioning in exchange for a change in depth. Um, so practicing, and I think a video of this making it clear would be probably pretty helpful for people, but practicing being able to retreat while not widening your feet and while maintaining like an even distribution of weight on both feet and staying in your stance and keeping your weight forward, uh, a little bit harder than people sometimes think. Mm. So definitely a good thing to to practice. I know we do that regularly with our goalies, uh, whether they appreciate all the time spend doing it and why we do it. And they remember when we tell them why we do it, but you know, kids be kids. So is it one just thing I, because it's new? Is it no one's ever talked about it or like actively tried to have that in their game? Is that why it's so? I think, no, I think it's, I think the reason this has become popular is for a few reasons. Uh, One, Linus Allmark's counting stats, like his public and actually, honestly, his like advanced analytics are really good too. So, but like his public stats, the ones that people care about and the ones that see is like wins, goals against average and save percentages off the charts, right? Like he's heads and tails away, the best uh, standard statistical goalie in the league. If you look at private models, he's also the best private goalie in the league. Um, I think a part of that is just like, uh, you know, he's made a, you make a lot of saves on lower overall level chances or, you know, those models don't, they're good, but they still don't pick up nuance. And I think they're like not always goalie minded. Like, I think if you were to have like a, some, like, I think you're going to add stuff to like those models that determine how difficult a shot is. Mm. Like for you and I would probably care about, okay, how many options were available on the shot? Was it a, you know, flash screen, standard screen? Like a, like some things that are taken into account, but some things that aren't. Um, but I think, you know, people are just really fascinated with this Bruins team. It's this incredible story. And so there has to be a reason. Like Limerick's and like Limerick, Linus Allmark's been a big part of that. So I think people are fascinated by a story. Uh, and, and this is one that they've given, you know, this is, if people should go read the article by Kevin Woodley on NHL.com. I really like Kevin Woodley. Um, 
Me too. I agree with I agree with most of the stuff he says. I sometimes disagree with him, but I think that's like healthy. You should always not you don't want to blindly agree with everyone, no matter if you're like ninety percent or eighty percent in agreement with I don't even agree with myself all the time. Yeah, well, it's because we don't know anything. Uh, but one thing I want to bring up from the article, and this is the one that threw me for a loop, Jamie, and I want to bring it up to you because you and I are both Henrik Lundqvist huge fans. We love the Lundqvist style of goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, the just pivot in your crease and don't ever leave it. <laughs> the The one thing that I found really interesting from the article talking about recoil is that is that Kevin Woodley brings up that the concepts behind this recoil was influenced by Lundqvist but then also goes on to say that like Lundqvist didn't do this. And I think the messaging here is just like, yeah, if you're a big goalie with good reaction time and you're a good puck tracker, playing deeper lets you see the puck longer and mm-hmm. it's shorter distance to backdoor plays. Like yes. this is this is something that you and I spent a lot of time talking about is that like depth management is like a skill and... Like it, it is the skill of reading a play is depth management or one of the big owns of it is right. Like if we were to break down that and we talked about it in the podcast too, but like, I love this in this article where it's like, yeah, inspired by Lundqvist and it's like, oh, okay. So, so, you know, all Mark's just playing deeper and he plays like not Lundqvist deep when you watch his clips. Like he's, he's in top of the crease a lot of the time. He doesn't play any deeper than anyone else no like in like i said he's not making saves deeper than anyone else in fact i'd argue that he's more aggressive than a lot of other goalies in the league like i think he's significantly more aggressive than sorokin more aggressive Mm -hmm. than hellebuck who are you know his comparables in that like elite category of goaltending like i think those i think he actually plays comparatively to like where shesterkin plays and shesterkin's a lot shorter than him Mm -hmm. so now, Shesterkin is probably a better skater than him, but... You better skater, good. yeah. Lomark's an okay skater, though. Like, he's fine. Yeah, but he doesn't need to be that much better than he is. That's the thing. No, we, yeah. he's, good at, he's good at all the other intangibles, so he doesn't need to be a world-class skater. Yeah, and you you had a good post about that. Did people get upset about that? Like, this is loosely tied into the recall. You made a good point about how shorter goalies, and you mentioned oh, this in yeah. the podcast, too, that, like, shorter goalies will succeed when they are so much better at the other necessary skills than their taller counterparts yeah it's just the pie chart you have a you have a pie chart that equals a hundred percent and how you get to that hundred percent is going to be different the slices are going to be different depending on the goalie whether the goalie's taller that height is a larger piece of the pie because goaltending is a position of taking up space so that goalie needs doesn't need as large of slices for all the other things because that tall one takes up such a large chunk when you're small, you only have maybe 15% of your pie is from height. So you have to get the other 85 from other things versus someone who has 20% of their pie or 25% of their pie from height. And I think, I hope that people, that made sense to a lot of people. I still, it's still hard to talk about size with goaltending because it's so emotionally charged. Yeah. It's typically like parents of small goalies that come and, and say no. And I think is I, I don't care. I just want good goalies, man. And all the goalies I work with are small. I very rarely get really tall goalies. I don't know why. Well, uh, because only 15% of the population is like over whatever, 6'2". Yeah. So it's and like, so it's just, it's just it's like a, there's not many people. And so I, that's why when I get small goalies, I tell them right away, I say, you are small. Therefore, you need to be better at everything else. So I'm going to make you a better skater. And I'm going to make you better at these things. And I'm going to push you because I can't make you taller. 
you I don't can't have make a choice. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, you know, we'll dive into this one day. Um, but that's why people just draft tall goalies under the idea of that, you know. Which is also what I said there, that it's potential. You, what is the ceiling? The literal and we could talk about like, that. Yeah, <laughs> physical ceiling. But if someone's a taller goalie has a larger ceiling than a smaller goalie. And that unfortunately is just the truth about it. But can you get that small goalie get really, really close to that ceiling? Yes, because look at Shusterkin, Saros, and uh, Levi. Smaller goalies, they're all very, very, very good skaters, primarily in play readers, because they've had to be, because they're smaller and incredibly flexible, so they, they get away with it. But Jamie, hear me out. What if we take the tallest goalie we can find and we get them to recoil? It's a no-brainer. They're going to be fast. <laughs> yeah. That's what, so like circling back to this, I think you said it. I mean, I think we've hit the the nail on the head in terms of what we wanted to talk about today. Like I've just pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, we did, we've done a good job. We, we absolutely crushed it. Uh, but it's just that it's just that it's 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 depth management. At the end of the day, um, Boston. When you watch enough Boston games, they are so good defensively at taking away options, and this is the big thing. Right, like we talked about it one of our first episodes that goaltending is math. Right, goaltending is a series of probabilities. Right, like if and each time, each time one of your own defenders takes away an option, the probability of different things happening goes down. Right, like the hmm. it's just math. Right, you take away options. There's less overall options now. Player is more likely to do one or two things. Any goalie who's played knows that life gets way easier when there's less options. Right. Hmm. And Boston does an amazing job with that. They don't give up a ton of options. And so that has allowed Allmark to be super successful. And maybe it's allowed him, you know, maybe we didn't see it in our combined 15 games of scouting. Or maybe we didn't see it consistently. Maybe, you know, maybe at least that mindset of him trying to manage his depth with these on these in-zone reads has been a, a good mindset shift for him, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe all this has done has this recoil mindset shift has made him more aware of his depth when more options do exist. And if that's like, if that's the product of it, I don't care what you call it or if it's happening, then like, so maybe it's not a physical change in his game so much as a, like we talked about how you read the game, right? Like this isn't right. Maybe this new approach just helps him read options better. Yeah. Cool. I mean, who cares? But like, let's not, let's not teach goalies to, to back up on shots from like no. inside the blue line. No, we need to teach them how to manage their depth and understand why and when and how they can manage their depth. So when do they need to be more aggressive? When do they need to be deeper? Why do they need to be more aggressive and deeper? And then how do they go about doing that? And that, that's why I guess like, that's why I was really confused about why people thought this was like unique and novel because I was like, it's, it's, it's just depth management. But, and then like, I was like, when I was watching games, I'm like this, I was expecting like maybe I just missed it. It was every goalie just not backing up, but I was like, no. And I think you are right. It, I pro- honestly, all things considered, it probably him consciously or unconsciously thinking he has to retreat a little bit probably gave him a little bit more awareness of what's going on in the surroundings, and that ultimately made the biggest difference. So I don't, I don't really know. I have to go back and watch a little more from his games in Buffalo. 
maybe he was it wasn't that great at reading the options and this allowed him the tools to be slightly better at reading the options because for whatever reason it, it works for him yeah i mean he's he's admittedly like not he a top tier lateral mover in the nhl mm-hmm. right like he he is again like i said statistically the be- the best like he's been the best goalie in the league this year statistically both you know, superficially, yeah, but hands. the lateral, the slice of lat, like the lateral right. slice of his pie is not super big. That's yeah, not his best attribute, but the Bruins are an amazing team of taking away those options, right? We've talked about this privately before about this idea of goalie environment fit. This is not new. People talk about it all the time, right? Like if you're a goalie that struggles on rush plays, if you go to play for a team that gives up a ton of rushes, like you're going to look bad. It doesn't matter, hmm. right? Like if you're like, oh, I'm a 70% rush chance goalie when league average is 80%, but your team's the worst at lead rush chances in the league, like you're in for a bad time. Yeah. Right. But Boston happens to be really great at shutting down those lateral options, which has let all Allmark succeed. It's a perfect fit in Boston. Yeah, right? it really is. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, like he was, and he was okay in Buffalo. He wasn't bad in Buffalo. He was bad at all. No. Right. And so, but he was not like top goalie in the league in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a, if anything, like recoil aside, what a great demonstration of goalie environment fit from this Boston team, right? Like they put him in a, in a situation where like his slices of his pie shine in Boston, yes. right? Because um, again, he's he's good positionally and he's a great puck tracker, mm-hmm. uh, right? Like, but I think I want to just, as we kind of wrap this up here, head towards wrapping this up, I want people to, for example, go watch... I mean, this is a bit of a cop-out because he's fantastic, but go watch Sorokin play as a counterexample. So Sorokin doesn't recoil because he plays deep. He's just a deep playing goalie. Mm -hmm. But watching Sorokin play uh, always feels like a mystery to me because he plays deep. He's a a deep, doesn't challenge too much in zone. But then there's just these flashes where he reminds you that he's actually a top-tier skater in the league. And you're just like, oh, he can also do that. He just doesn't have to. And that is a frightening realization because the Islanders are not a good hockey team. Um, Sorokin. Sorry. Yeah, Sorokin. Yeah. Very good. Very good goal. But like, I think that comparison would really show people that what Allmark is doing or what we think he's doing is is just executed the same by Sorokin. And it, like, the result's the same. Sorokin just plays deeper to mitigate more options because Islanders give up a million of them. I'm sure if I'm sure if he was on Boston, he would take another foot out, maybe because he didn't have to worry about so much chaos around him. Again, just goes back to the main point of this podcast: is your depth is dictated by the play in front of you, and the play in front of you is dictated by the caliber of your team or the caliber of team you're playing against. That's it. I think that's really it. Do you have anything else you want to add? Like anything on your giant checklist? I know you wrote down a ton of stuff. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover? Uh no, you shout out my Patreon. So that's a <laughs> that's no, the most support. That's the most the most part. But no, I actually, actually, I thought we did a. I thought we covered all the points I want to talk about. Um, you know, thank you everyone for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. We are looking at starting to have on some more guests, and we are going to. One thing we we want a lot of guests in the Goldie world, but we're also going to try to get some guests in just the sports science world and see how those things relate to goaltending. Because, you know, like we said, we always say that the goalies we think were special and unique and fantastic when in sports science, we're, we're really, we're very similar to a lot of other sports and positions in terms of movement and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, so yeah, if there are people that you would like us to have on the show, 
or topics that you would like to us to discuss and we can go out and find experts in those fields, please shoot us an email. Uh, it's resilienthockey.com or DM my personal or DM Ben's personal Instagram. It's the easiest way to reach reach us and we'll do what we can to get those things sorted. We got a few emails with a lot of different topic suggestions that have been really helpful. Uh, this 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 topic was one of them. So mm-hmm. it, it does, we want to talk about what you guys want to hear. And we also want to find the highest, the most qualified people or up and comers or even people like us who are students and are learning and hungry and in good position to to talk about sports performance, how it relates to goaltending. And so that's that's all I have to say to end this up. Jamie, I actually have a fun ending fact. I didn't do any fun facts. You didn't do any fun facts today. Yeah. If I have one today for you. We talked about AHL development. One guy who we didn't get to mention who I think is having a fun little run to the end of the season, a young man named Lucas Dostal over in Anaheim, one of the absolute worst teams in the league. Jamie, Dostal is 22. He's a 2000 born year. Okay. He was drafted out of the Czech second league okay. in the third round in 2018. Okay. okay. So third round pick. For those who don't know, those who don't follow my Twitter and see my goalie value tweets, um, the third round is like one of the most, it's kind of like the last round where you get good value out of your picks for goalies. Now, admittedly, your later rounds aren't better for players, but that's a side note. Um, third round is normally a pretty good spot to grab a goalie. Well, Dostal played three years, including this season, in the AHL. So he's played somewhere in the ballpark of about 100 um, AHL games. But he's played 19 in Anaheim this year. Now, Jamie, Anaheim is bad. Very and good. Lucas Dostal's goals against average is 3.78. Okay, not good. 901 save percentage. Oh, good. How, del- how delightful is that? Yeah, I thought that it was a nice. positive note. That's a, that's, a feel, that's a feel-good story right there. Yeah, for those who don't know... Obviously, save percentage and goals against average have like a linear relationship. So the lower your goals against average, the higher your save percentage is. And there's like a pretty solid relationship. I have a bunch of graphs that maybe I'll one day tweet out so you can all see that. What's interesting is Dostal finds him on the chaos side of the line where he is making so many more saves than he's supposed to when his team gives up this much nonsense. So... Uh, Dostal's 22. Anaheim is following the plan. They're playing their young guy. They're letting him go. And obviously, they're, you know, they're tanking and maybe in a rebuild. But like this is it. This is the K. That's 20 NHL happens. games is a 22-year-old. That's what, That's what happens when you're a bad team. You get opportunities. You get opportunities. Jamie, uh, I hope people uh, DM you upset about more your takes and my takes. Uh, don't, don't DM me being upset. Um, Jamie is the one who answers all of those. It, I can emotionally handle it. Ben, Ben, Ben struggles. I'm a fragile, fragile man. <laughs> uh, don't, don't hurt my feelings. On that note, Jamie, I think this is a really good one. I hope people enjoyed. I hope this drives some conversation around not trying to back up on shots, but understanding how valuable knowing how to play with your team in front of you is and knowing when you have to manage your depth. Absolutely. All right. Till next week. Until next time. 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.